That's right, everybody. We're back. They said it would never last, and we're on episode 40-something. Six. 46 we are, which is fan- it's Andy's age, so we're celebrating a unique episode today. Uh, and we want to say hello from the World uh, Vox headquarters in Brea, California, to uh, to the interwebs. Hello, everybody. Hello, Internet, mm-hmm. as we say around here. A um, couple of things, really quickly. Uh, reminder, we've got two podcasts. We've got the Vox Community Podcast. We've got this one, which you are aware of. Secondly, Andy is wearing uh, what he told me is early fall attire. So <laughs> last week, um, it was a tank top. This week... Uh, after Labor Day, there's I guess there's a rule that no tank top. So so let me describe it, uh, just for those for those of you at home, um, to get kind of get an image of of what Andy Bear is. He's calling it his early fall. He he we said it with a straight face. It's kind of it's kind of early fall. I said, hey, it's nice that you have your fall wardrobe. He's like, no, it's early fall. So so let me describe it. So it's greenish kind of uh, pattern shorts. And then, and then the shirt, the shirt isn't short sleeve. It's a three-quarter. It's not, tee. no, it's capri. Okay. <laughs> it's a, a capri shirt because it's not, it's not all the way down. It's not up top. It's like three-quarters. So it's a capri shirt, which I love. Mm. And then you came in with a fedora, which, yeah. which makes me so happy. Andy's growing his hair out, which makes me jealous. And uh, there we have the Andy fashion update today. Um, <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing, I'm wearing. Oh, it's my buddy's uh, screen printing company. Yeah. Uh, Freedom of Press. Yep. Okay. Yeah, shout out to Carter. No one cares. He makes our shirts and pops. No one. Well, okay. Carter, give us a great deal. We love you. All right. Um, I'm wearing a Jim Schwartz and a t-shirt. And we're joined today by the regal presence of class, dignity, and the room smells better. Uh, our friend Bonnie. Bonnie's back. Yay, Hello, Bonnie. Friends. Bonnie, talk closer. Oh, yeah. So. Yes, there Hello, you go. Hello, friends. So, Bonnie, our friend Bonnie. Bonnie and I go back years and years and years. So, um... She, uh, I knew her from a church 11 years ago. She submitted a teaching sample when we were when we were requesting teaching samples and just killed it. And so Bonnie and I have been friends, united by our love for teaching. Um, I've worked for her. She's worked for me. Uh, she's got her own podcast, uh, Find the Baby Blue. No. Nope. Uh, <laughs> uh, find nope. the Sky. Blue is the Sky. So close. Find, find the Blue. Ding ding ding. And and blue here is spelled like it is in in French, right? It's B L E A U, correct? Nope. Find the That's not blue, even right? <laughs> find the blue. blue. It would be B-L-E-U. Fi- blue. Fi- blue. Blue. All right, so find the blue is Bonnie's podcast. Yep. Bonnie, um you also have a website, correct? Yes, findtheblue.com. Fi- interestingly enough. I know. Right? So that's easy to find. Yes, and especially if you're blue. Yes, you can find it. So um, we're here. So so Bonnie, so dumb. I know. So so Bonnie's here to bring some class, some dignity, um, and uh, she is uh, one of our resident theologians here at Vox. She's one of our teachers at our church, um, and and so Bonnie and I, we've been we've been waiting to continue a conversation we started, I think, in February of 2016, about the role of women in church. Now. Uh, I know we have loads of listeners who are not parts of churches or not church fans or they're still figuring out the whole Jesus thing, but it will come as no surprise, or maybe it will be a surprise, that uh, one of the things Christians disagree over is is what how, how, what roles can women have uh, in the church community? And there are two main camps uh, and, and lots of variation within those camps. One camp 
It's typically called uh, the complementarian camp, and it and it says that uh, men and women have unique and God-designed differences. Those differences are complementary and function best um, in the ordering in which they're received in the Bible, which is kind of the, the man is the head of the woman, the man is the head of the household, the woman... Um, and even in church, they're, they're, that headship is expressed in a church community through male elders, male pastors, sometimes even male teachers, you know, so on, so on, so on. And, and there are, de- you know, uh, variations, um, degrees of variation in that view. And then there's the egalitarian view, which is uh, that that the roles are open. Every role in the church is open to, to male or female. And, um, and there are differences that are God ordained and to be celebrated. Um, but those differences don't work themselves out in, um, restricting, uh, women from certain roles and not. So, and there's a huge, huge, huge debate over this. When we recorded in February, we spent a little time. So we spent some time hearing about Bonnie's journey, um, as someone who is gifted in teaching, um, and a woman, um, is that still true? still true both okay both, both, both of those are still true yep um just checking <laughs> and uh and and how hard it was even to go to seminary yeah and how, how people were kind of looking at you and how how and and we we spent a little time talking about my journey as a as a white male um in the uh in the recognition that the scriptures view on this isn't uh i think on the complementarian side it's on the egalitarian side and so we talked a little bit about that um, but one of the interesting things that uh, came out of that podcast was Bonnie fielding questions from um, women who were like... And men, actually. And, and men. Yeah. First one that we're going to go through is a man. Oh, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, so for fielding questions from women and men and um, about how this works itself out. So we're not going to spend as much time. There is a podcast coming that's like the systematic, like, doesn't it say women are to be silent? And doesn't it say women can't teach? Where's their head covering? Yeah, where's their head covering? Which in, in Bonnie's case, she's got so much head covering. That's, <laughs> I mean, the hair is so thick. And Andy has a lot of hair covering. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad the scripture doesn't command me to have my head covered because I'd have to get something hmm. for that to happen. <laughs> tattoo would work. Um, oh, oh, yeah, sure. A nice little sure. skull cap tattoo. Of course. <laughs> Of course, I'm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting just to transplant my my arm hair uh, up there. I think it'll be oh really. God. It'll be really good. It'll be curly. You got enough. It'll be curly. I got you lots. Got I got lots. I got lots. So, all of a sudden, I'll be a blonde curly guy. I have to do the opposite. I have to actually yes, transplant my nothing. regular hair yes. to my arms. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but that's uh, that's an issue between you and Mercedes. So yeah. we're not going to discuss that now. But anyway, so we're back to Bonnie. <laughs> So, so what we thought we would do is um, she's got some, some really interesting questions mm-hmm. that she's received that we wanted to address um, and, uh, and get her, her feedback on. And I think they'll be great fodder for, uh, for our discussion. So, Bonnie, go ahead. All right. Uh, take it away. Okay. First one. This question's long, so we're going to go through it in parts. Yes. And this one was from a male. Mm. Okay, it says, um, I'd love to get your opinion on something. I went to a church here in Orange County on Father's Day because my close friend was leading worship. I normally go to a home church. Okay. The message really annoyed me. The wow. speaker, I know, has a good heart. Uh, but I'm trying said, to think of where I was preaching on Father's Day if I was if I was anywhere. Is this, is this about me secretly? I, <laughs> I, I want to know. Well, we'll see. Okay. 
Um, this sounds like emails I get all the time. So far. <laughs> it could be you. The speaker has a good heart, but said some very misleading things. He okay. used statistics that basically show how important it is for fathers to go to church. Yep. Mm -hmm. The statistics indicated that the most important father and children... Uh, Wait, that the most important factor, excuse me, in yep. children sticking with the church as they age was whether or not the father attended. Yes, which that, and that that's actually a true study. That's probably very I, true. I've actually I've actually read that study myself. Um, the mother attending, yep. according to the study, was much less impactful for sustained attendance by the children. Yes, that is what the study said. Sounds skewed, but we'll get to that. He yep. didn't. He really didn't interpret the data, and instead let the data imply that men are just that much more important than women. That's true. He All also made true. other comments about men having the power, and that it is probably the way it should be. <laughs> That's always. good. I yeah. couldn't tell if he was joking, That's good. but either way, it doesn't really matter. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second, Bonnie, because <laughs> there, there's this interesting thing that, um, and 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 I'm, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on it. So, so I wrote a book uh, years ago called "Why Guys Need God." Which I didn't I, read that one. I thought, yeah, it was awful. It oh, was, I'm sure it wasn't awful. No, no, but, but, but the title was horrific. I mean, none of my books have good titles except for "Astonished" and "Jesus of Suburbia." That I never, I didn't get to pick the three middle ones. And ugh. but anyway, <laughs> um, and and in that, I actually quoted, I actually quoted that study. Okay. And the reason I wrote that book was because there, there at the time. There, a book had come out called Wild at Heart mm -hmm. yes. that had struck a massive, massive chord in the People Christian community, yeah. yes, yeah. about what it meant to be, you know, to recapture masculinity. Yeah. And then in part of the wake of that, uh, that book coming out, there was this, um, this discussion that, that was being called the feminization of the church. Mm-hmm. That the church had been feminized in some of its forms, and that the reason men were not participating to the degree that women were participating is because of this feminization. We feminized Jesus. We feminized um, not at a leadership level, just at like a excuse yeah, me, yeah. The leadership had, had, was all male, right, right, right. Okay. In, in irony of ironies, yeah. But the followerships, quote unquote, right, uh, was, was predominantly female. Female. So I've got books on my shelf about why men don't go to church and uh, what do we do about that. And so that study was interesting because uh, the study the study was claiming that, that and it was only measuring church attendance. It wasn't measuring spirituality. Okay. It was only measuring church attendance. How, what's, which factor in broken homes mm -hmm. or intact homes seemed the most statistically significant? And it was the, the spiritual involvement of the dad. Okay. So... On children in general, or on male children, children? Gen on children in general. Okay, and so, um, so this was this statistic was part of that Christianity has been feminized, and um, we need to kind of reclaim the masculine expressions of it. So mm -hmm. I'm I'm hearing in this two things that I'm interested. First of all, it, can that statistic be true? And not have women? Can it be true and not be at the expense of women? is the first question um or is if it's true does that come at the expense of women in other words is there only so much honor and respect to go around and and the elevation of one necessarily has to come at the expense of the other mm -hmm. so when you hear this what what uh what rings in your brain well i think honestly to be frank it's kind of a lousy study frank. to just talk about church attendance right anybody yeah. can drag their kids to church Right. Especially if you're in a household and the dad's like, get in the car, go to church. Right. Mm -hmm. It feels like 
well, okay, so we don't really know how much that's happening. Right. So a spirituality study would have been a lot better. The second thing I think that is hard is that I th- there's really no point in just saying it's the male. Why couldn't we do a study with male and female? Even if you did that study and the results came out the same, at least you gave the female role a voice in that. Right. Which doesn't seem to have happened. I didn't read the study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was. I think there was. But again, I mean, this is years ago, so yeah. I could be mis- misspeaking. But I'm not I'm not one to think that just because you say, hey, men have this impact on their children, I don't necessarily think it means that women don't. Right. I think it's fair to say men have different impact than women do. Yep. And I think that's fine. Um, the problem arises is when if someone is portraying the information saying, see, only men can have this influence. Right. Because right. I don't think that's true. Right. So, like, for example, in our household, um, my husband leads worship. Right. And my son's seen him lead worship, but my son's also seen me teach. Right. And sometimes he'll say, why don't we go to such and such church? And I'll say, oh, you know, just, you know, this is where the Lord has us now. And then if we do attend a different church to visit a friend or something, he'll say, why aren't there any women up there? <laughs> Mommy, where's all the mommies? Why right. aren't they on stage? And so I That's think interesting. There, there is a perspective of kids also yeah. model things. Sure. And so if you're going to a church where it's all men on stage and it's all men doing these things and you also have someone who's a male, a dad or a dad figure in your life saying, you need to go to church and do these things. And the only thing you're looking up to is leadership. Then when your mom comes in and says, hey, you should go to church. I think the subconscious thought is like, well, why? Like, why should I, what's it for you? Or like, what does that mean to you? You don't go, I don't see women doing things in the church. Like I see men doing things in the church. And so I think it just has a different perspective on that. Mm-hmm. But if I think if you bring your kids up, your children up in a household or under perspective that men and women can do both, I think it changes things. So so when you, when you hear people say the church has been feminized, mm-hmm. what do you think about that? I wouldn't use feminized. I think the church, well, okay. I think the church. That's their language. Right, right, right. I think the church and theology in general has been washed down. So if by feminized, they think washed down, then I don't I don't agree with that. What do you mean by washed down? Um, Like I don't think, I think the church model right now that we have, not Vox and not some other <laughs> churches I know. Boy, thank you. <laughs> what, so what, what is that though? Like, yeah, the like church quickly, mo- briefly, what, what of, is the church um, model? There's one like lead male pastor and he gives a quick like feel good about this in your life and then you leave right. and it's a show and it's a production and we go there to get fed i think that church model is broken right. and i think what comes out of that is we want more attendance we want more people we want more money and so therefore the message is heavily skewed to just favor people and to not bring the actual hard truth of the gospel sometimes so when that happens yeah. i think comes out of that programs that can be like more geared towards women because probably women either have more time depending on their situation at home or well, um, the highest attenders too. Yeah. I mean, it's like that's who's in the room. Exactly. And so in that sense, I can see being like, oh, it's feminized and that it's geared towards women. But I don't think, I think those are two separate issues. I think that one has fed into the other, unfortunately. Mm. And so it's created this culture where this like, wash down message is then associated with feminism and so then oops men can't go because the women are taking over but i don't think i think those are two separate issues yeah i I think that's interesting they one of the examples used in that kind of train of thought is the idea of worship you know that Mm -hmm. that our our worship songs sound very much like love songs Mm -hmm. and um the the posture of you know the enraptured worshiper with 
hands held high and you know right um, well it's like churches eyes learned, closed well and, and yeah and even i feel like even churches learned from the late 70s and the early 80s of power ballads because like pow- power ballads about. attracted women which then attracted guys and right. they became anthematic and it's like that whole emotional feel of the anthem is mm-hmm. so emotionally drawing and, and a lot of like the lyrical sure. language becomes sure. exactly what sure. you just said right it's fascinating and, so so i kind of you know i kind of uh, as a dude um I saw bits and pieces of truth in all that I was reading. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, um, I also think the church has been masculinized, mm-hmm. obviously, in some ways, and that's never really considered in that whole, the kind of that whole branch. But but it was interesting, Bonnie, because the the disconnect between the leadership being predominantly male mm-hmm. and the non leadership being predominantly female. Yeah. And what what the heck was that about? Mm-hmm. And I always thought, okay, well, that no one's addressing that. Right, that's interesting, and 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 the the if they did address it, the argument was well, it's the men teaching very feminized forms mm-hmm. of worship, and so we need to recapture. You know, we're in a battle. Right. Mm-hmm. This was the John Eldridge thing. We're in a battle. Yeah. We need to win a beauty, and we need to go make a difference, or you know, right. Have, right. A, have a battle to win, or whatever. Well, I feel like we're for, like reformed theology teachers are starting. It's like that's where like I see so many more guys grabbing onto that theology and like that movement, like Driscoll, like right. all of his media, yeah. all of his marketing at Mars Hill. I mean, cement. his men like po- like population at his yeah. church was like percentage like skyrocketed, skyrocketed yeah. you right. know, and so it's, that's interesting to me, too. Yeah. Like why that worked. Well, and this. OK. And then I think I think your guy questioner <clears throat> gets into some other stuff that is going to yeah. lead to this. Um, he said, I had been frustrated when I was attending this church because they have zero women teachers for Sunday services. I encouraged a female uh, Bible study teacher saying that her gift would be powerful on Sunday mornings. She teared up because that's the dream of hers, but she said, I don't think we're there yet. Yep. Feeling annoyed, I wrote this later that day. Father's Day messages need to start addressing how embarrassingly bad the state of men in America has become. Men cause a vast majority of the problems that society faces, take hardly any of the responsibility, and still act as if they're God's gift to leadership. (laughs) I love that this is from a man. Yeah, seriously. If men do not start championing women within the church, how could we possibly expect to see improvement in equality for women in the workplace or in government? Well, the workplace and government are leading the church. I mean, that's the irony is, you know, that that, um, no no one's going to have an issue with a uh, female CEO uh, or... I disagree. Oh, you think people still do? I think people in the church still do. Really? Only because I've been told that. That women shouldn't be CEOs and... and no. They shouldn't have any leadership role at all. Oh. Above... So not just in the church, male. but everywhere. Yeah. I think the general population, you're correct. Yeah. But I think those, especially in only camps I've heard this from, so this is a stereotype right now, but from the reform camp is that right. of... Well, you can't be um, a, like a leader in the church or in right, which is so funny because what do they do with all the women leaders in the Bible? I mean, what do you do with them? What yeah. do you do with the judges and the prophetesses and the deacons? And what do you do with the teachers? And I mean, the apostles. What do you do with all? That well, just that just the, strikes me as crazy. I yeah, and um, the argument I've heard was, well, you'll notice that like when they when those women are leaders. <laughs> It's not funny. This person was serious. When those women are in leadership, the like everything was in chaos. It's <laughs> <laughs> like so hilarious. Right. But um, they were there. They just weren't any good. Right. Or well, like so. For, for example, 
and we don't i know you're like i'm never talking about trump again but um <laughs> i know a few people that are like i don't like trump but i can't support a woman as president so okay. therefore i can't whatever and i recall when uh i think it was palin was gonna was she gonna be vice president yeah yeah uh piper was like i want to vote for so-and-so but i can't vote for a woman vice president so oh, I'm not going to do it. So okay. I think okay. there is an okay. issue. All right. Yeah. All right. That's I, I didn't know that 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 just OK. And so, just in terms of equality, I know a lot of women who are heads of stuff, who are heads of um, departments or CEOs or leadership and their salary is completely. Yeah. Significantly it's smaller. It's a different pace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I have no I have no doubt. I am. I am shocked. Well, I mean, I'm glad at least they're consistent. I mean, if they're going to say, well, women can't lead in the church. Right. Then then at least you're saying, well, they can't lead anywhere. They can't lead anywhere. Yeah. So, okay. Points for consistency. (laughs) No (laughs) Um, surprises. um, No. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so this person's annoyed that uh, because men cause the vast majority of problems in society. Yeah, I want to hear what you guys say about that. Men cause a vast majority of problems that society faces, take hardly any of the responsibility, and still act as if they're God's gift to leadership. Well, here's what's funny. So, so the for the guys who will who are in the Christianity has been feminized movement, they'll read that and go, absolutely. So we have to reach the men. That was Driscoll's battle cry. Right. Yeah. This men, is why they need to be here. This right. is why they need to be here. This is why we have to bend everything towards young men mm. because they don't they're not they don't have father figures. They don't know how to be men. All they're growing up with are these extended adolescent images mm-hmm. that are porn drenched, video game focused, irresponsible. Um, if if the the woman you're with doesn't want to have sex with you, you hook up with somebody else. Mm-hmm. If she gets mm-hmm. pregnant, you mm-hmm. drive her to the clinic. I mean, it's all taken yeah. care of. There's no responsibility. There's no duty. There's no honor. So so the the people in that camp would jump on this and say, exactly, you're making Bonnie. You have made our point for us. Right. So. But the interesting jab at the end from this person, I don't mean jab in a pejorative sense, but it's the, and they still think we're God's gift to leadership. Yeah. That's the interesting thing. So so I do think, uh, see, for me, the way I work this out is there have to be both masculine and feminine expressions of Jesus following. There have to be, and there were all throughout the scriptures. Um, the thing that was so interesting about Jesus is that Jesus allowed women into spaces that were normally and exclusively occupied by men right. in terms of being his students, being his his, his uh, disciples. And Paul seems to list women all over the place as his co-workers in the gospel without any designation uh, of, of, you know, their apostles, their prophets, their, their, right. um, uh, their deacons. And, um, and so, so for me, I go, okay, um, if, if, according to Genesis 1 and 2, uh, male and female reflect the image of God, male mm-hmm. individually, yes, female individually, yes, but male and female together most powerfully, well, then there should be masculine expressions. Now, and I, I mean masculine, not in the, the Hollywood um, macho, like um, uh, sergeant at arms kind of expression. Right. And I don't mean feminine like the rom-com. I don't mean the stereotype that other than there seems to be a wide breadth of permission right. to both. It, but we're in this binary thing where elevating women can only come at the expense of men. Right. And elevating men can only come at the expense of women. And that's where I'm going. That's where the speaker was unfortunate in the way 
the the statistic was presented exactly because the way it, it does sound like it's a fixed it's a fixed pool of mm-hmm. power right and we can only men and women can only operate and 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 obviously i mean that's totally a consequence of the fall mm-hmm. that, that it's a power struggle and the problem is uh, some in the Christian church have, have baptized what the fall is, mm-hmm. namely this power struggle, instead of calling us forward into new creation, which reflects Genesis 1 and 2 and the equal sharing yeah. uh, of power in advance of the mission, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I have no problem saying, well, of course, yes, men men are a mess <laughs> as one. Um, I, I, I contribute. But also realizing the the, the fracturing of the family Mm-hmm. The fa- that that family unit has been devastating in our culture, yeah. most particularly um, uh, around the idea of what masculinity is. Mm-hmm. And so you either have in the church, you have hyper masculinity, right? The macho, angry, yeah. awful, wives submit thing. Or you have a very passive form of masculinity, which is, hey, we're Christians, we're nice. We never have to fight anything. There's no place right. for anger. And, and we've lost kind of Jesus in the middle, this gentle, mm-hmm. you know, this gentle mm-hmm. anger, this meek anger that, yeah. that was a weakness and it was very furious. You know, mm-hmm. we've talked about it a bit, but um, all that is to say, I just go, I hear that and I go, okay, that's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, the fact that we've not allowed women at the table of leadership has equally devastating consequences to the fact that, um, to the fact that men are struggling. Yeah. You know, but they're both, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. So anyway. Well, I think you see, just like what you said, I think anytime you have any sort of structure, whether it be a company, a church, even just like a society structure. And I talked about this when I preached at Vox, but anytime you see something where you're used to a group of people sort of ha- being on top of the status quo. Right. And someone's trying to equalize it. Right. I think that's threatening. It's always going to feel. Yeah, it feels it's like oppression. Always going to feel yeah. like that. Right. And it's always going to feel. So it doesn't matter what it is. We see this in racism. We see this sure. all the time. And um, But I think it's does everybody a disservice to say, like, just because I'm for this means I'm anti this. Yes. No matter yes. what we're talking we're, about. We're trapped in the binary dualism of Greek thought yeah. as opposed to the Hebrew ability to carry to carry all sorts of things in tension with each other exactly yeah yeah so so um for us like for the ancients honor and shame was a fixed commodity so Mm -hmm. i only receive honor at the expense of shaming you right uh and and we do that now with politics we do it with religion we do it with race we do it with gender Mm -hmm. there's no way to elevate women without de-elevating men And, and what you're saying is if you're used to privilege, and I, I think this is so true, if you're used to privilege, the equalization of another mm-hmm. feels like marginalization mm-hmm. to you. When you go, oh, okay, I, I can say Black Lives Matter without having to jump in and, and say every other life matters too. Yeah. It's not coming at the expense. It's just, Yeah, it's like uh, after the Dallas shootings when you felt and someone expressed like Black Lives Matter and someone else said, well, why do you hate police? Right, like, right. I, I don't. I'm allowed right. to care for both. Right. I'm allowed to sit here in this tension. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But there's one that's particularly. There's always a front runner. There, yeah. Well, there's yeah. one that's particularly. Important. I can I can oppose Trump and not be a fan of Hillary. Right. I can oppose Hillary and not be a fan of Trump. I mean, it's possible. So so when it comes to these gendered sort of discussions in the church, 
one of the things that that you know I pick up on this email, and but even it's just deeper in this way of thinking, mm-hmm. is there are only two options. Yeah, it's black right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's okay, one so or the keep other. going. So keep going. Okay. So he said, uh, when we suppress the natural gifts of women, we all lose. True. What do you think should be done about this? It feels as though anyone who cares is just saying, yeah, it's horrible, but what can be done? It seems like there needs to be a voice speaking out against it. The problem is more simply than holding down women. We are preventing everyone from benefiting from these gifts women possess. The church needs it badly, in my opinion. I think I think we would absolutely agree. Yeah, I would say when he's talking about um, someone speaking out, um, I think you, and I'm not just saying this because I'm sitting here at the Vox headquarters. <laughs> the World Vox headquarters. The World Vox headquarters. Um, I think you've done a really good job of using, like you are, I think the first step is being aware of Woke. your place. Woke. Yeah. Have you heard that word? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Sounds like woke. you two made that up. Yeah. Um, uh, being aware of your place. You're a white male in a church. So what What sort of That's like what I'm talking status, about. privilege, whatever he's does not, that give you? Andy's not technically white. He's Filipino. Right. So Hipster, even though I'm the same male in the church. <laughs> my, my white side and my Filipino side, they share. They share. They share. They love each other. But my Filipino side says I'm a little louder. My, my, <laughs> my I Swiss, just said tad louder. My Swiss side and my Austrian side go to war sometimes. Too. Yeah. I'm very, right. Surprisingly. Very, I'm biracial. Surprised Swiss should stay out of it. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry, Bonnie. Go ahead. You were you Andy's were complimenting. You were, don't don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. I think you're his hilarious. mom. His mom keeps leaving reviews. <laughs> oh, she left a good one for this more week Andy. Too. Did she? Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't see it. My oh, mom leaves Lord. reviews too, but under different names. Oh, that's what Andy's mom. And does. it's so amazing. Oh, I love it. Anyway, go mom. Um, go mom. I don't remember what I was saying. Oh, first step is awareness. Yeah, yeah. awareness, and then going. Um, how do I contribute right. or not contribute, sure. and what can I do about that? So it's the same thing when we talk about. I talk about this a lot with poverty. If um, somebody says somebody who's living on like a dollar a day in extreme poverty says we need help. That voice is not going to be as loud as me, right? And like the one in the position in place I'm in, saying, "Hey, we need to help them." Right. And so I think it like you've done a really good job of going. Not only I believe this to be true, but here's how I'm going to show you that mm. I believe this to be true. And so I don't always necessarily, I think sometimes it does take someone actually speaking out verbally and saying women should be elevated, women should whatever. But I think your biggest, your biggest hope for change is leading by example. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what I think. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I mean, you really do have two choices. Is this a deal breaker for you in participating in the community? Yeah. Uh, Or... Or is it not? And are you willing to be, give grace? Because what we don't need um, are are more angry people sitting and stewing in churches and you know being hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, if it's a deal breaker, then find a church that affirms women. I mean, well, and I think you can have both. I think you can give grace and say we, this is great about you, but like yep. for me, this doesn't represent Jesus in the way I yeah. think Scripture does. That's right. I've done that. And like we came to a point in our marriage where we just said like we just can't attend a church anymore that doesn't value right. women and not value me value right. just women right mm-hmm. and seeing that and so um, but that stems from what's what's tough is when people hear that and they think like oh that's just because you're a woman and that and you teach and blah 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 and going no that actually stems from I actually believe biblically this is this is 
this is true and this is what makes Jesus alive and aware to people around us. It's not, you know, just because I have a chip on my shoulder. But if my husband says it. you Sometimes you have a chip on your shoulder when you're carrying your son. that's my kid's name. Correct. <laughs> but like if my husband says it, no one questions it. You know what I mean? Sure. No, everyone's like, oh, It's called great. mansplaining. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's ridiculous but okay. <laughs> that's what I think but so um leading by example but I think it first starts is you have to be aware I don't know do you feel like maybe you can answer this do you feel like in the church scene at at large in general right is it has it been hard to be at a church that didn't value women and then to go to Vox that does and like what kind of like what do people say and do you care um uh the well, I've always been in a leadership role, so right. part of I, I've always wanted to push whatever boundary there was. So, so a church called Rock Harbor, um, we held a, a view that that women could exercise any gift as long as as long as it was under the headship of a male elder board. Mm-hmm. Um, Mariners is very similar to that. Uh, Mariners is pastors, teachers. I mean, you know, they just have mm-hmm. they have male elders, but they serve both Rock Harbor and Mariners served in partnership with their wives. Um, the elders did, so right. the, the, we, you were pushing the the boundaries even there. Yeah, you couldn't be a single female serving on the elder board. Correct. Right. Uh, but but they also uh, you could be a single male, but the the thought was always you wanted a married male. So that, was preferred. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Be, not a requirement, but right. more out of wisdom. Sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so so for me, I I I didn't see. Um, I thought, I thought, hey, we're really we're kind of on the cutting edge of this, and then I, I I've been a part of of other communities where women really didn't even have that. Right. And um and saw the toll, uh, that mm-hmm. that began to take. And so to be at Vox, yeah, I mean, when you taught, you said uh, two couples walked out, you know, the minute uh-huh. you got up there. And to which I say, fantastic. They, we right. would have disappointed them somewhere else. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. We, we talked even For last sure. night. We had a new to Vox dinner. Uh, we had 50 people in our living room. And that's one of the things we say. We're here, here, here's our point. Here's our view on all of these big issues. Right. And we're not going to change it. And this is what we're going to do. And when I'm not here, our guest teachers are going to be predominantly women because they don't get, yeah. they don't get opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people will say, hey, there aren't any good women teachers. And I want to say, well, that's because no one ever lets them teach. No, no one ever and, does it. Yeah. And, and so, so for me, um, you know, at this point, I'm biblically absolutely convinced mm-hmm. that um, I was mistaken. And, um, and it's not, it's not because culture is going there, although culture going there forced me to reexamine, mm-hmm. um, it's like culture now, um, affirming gay marriage. Um, how have we, it, it, that forced to, to look at, okay, how have we treated the LGBTQ community? And you realize, oh my goodness, even with good intentions, there was the, the massive gaps. And so, right. so I think it, as an act of repentance, um, one of the ways that we really what we want for Vox is to be the place where, like, our, our worship leader is a twenty-year-old young lady named Izzy, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's, she's, she's awesome. just she's just awesome, and I love that she's twenty and she sits around our leadership table. She we she's not right. there, she's there to lead worship; she's there to help lead the community, and um, and I just love that. Yeah. And so for me, it brings me energy. I love it. I I love seeing. 
um, you and others uh, be freed up in their giftedness. Mm-hmm. I love being a counter voice to, to some of the narratives that are, are just kind of entrenched there. Um, and, and yeah, we get, we get criticism for lots of it. Right. Of course. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think the point I'm trying to make is oh, when it's, no, 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 you're exactly right. But I mean, of course you're going to get criticism, but there's such a big difference of what criticism feels like when you're doing something because it's your biblical conviction versus you're doing something because you feel like, well, I guess this is the safe route or this right, is what right, I'm right. supposed yeah, to yeah. do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. And that, and that, that to me is where, when I get into conversations with folks who disagree with me on this issue, my first step is always to get them to admit this is a biblical discussion. Right. This is a discussion about the text. This isn't a, a feminist agenda. Yeah. This isn't mm-hmm. some liberalization of the church. This mm-hmm. isn't the feminizing of the church. This, this is this is a this is yeah. a conversation about three texts and the overarching narrative of the Bible. That's what this is a discussion about. And yeah, you know, and and that's what our gay affirming friends will say, you know, right. too. Um, this, this is a discussion about texts. This isn't a discussion about. Now we all bring a, an agenda. We all are importing, so none of us are neutral. I get that, and right. and I think as long as we're honest about what we're bringing to the text, that's that's totally fine. I mean, there's no yeah. way to escape it. Right. So when I have that conversation, I, I just I just want to start by saying this is about. This is two views of the Bible <laughs> that we're talking about. This is an inner family discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then the second thing is I just want them to open up to the possibility that uh, the received tradition isn't the received tradition. Right. You know, that that there are not only counterexamples, but the vision of humanity given in Genesis 1 and 2 that Jesus seems to point back towards mm-hmm. was fully egalitarian in nature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think... Speaking out like he said, just what you said, having honest conversations is huge. I think something I can do better at is I don't even have the conversation anymore. Why? I just kind of assume this is... Again, well, you've been hurt. Yeah. You've been hurt bad. But mostly people don't want a co- conversation. They want an argument. Okay. And I'm just not yeah. up for well, it. Well, Facebook's for that. <laughs> right. We don't even... I, we don't have to meet in person anymore. No, now we, we can, can just, just yell it. at each other. Facebook yeah. is the best place to put your differences on. Yes. I'm just not... <laughs> I'm just not up for it. And so yeah, I need I should enough. be more. But um it's helpful to have other like men to be like, "Oh, have you listened to Mike's thing on this?" <laughs> and I should do better, but um I'm just like over fighting about it. Sure. Like there's just other things that are more important to me. Well, so. yeah, it's a settled issue for you and yeah. it's a it's it's an issue that's caused some pain and disappointment and right. um yeah, I can see why you don't want to But you know, for me as I try to grow into what Jesus might be like, mm-hmm. I, I, I keep I keep being confronted with uh, I'm the biggest sinner in the room always, mm-hmm. and that I have to because I received so much grace for wherever I was in the journey. I have to I have to give grace to where people are too, mm-hmm. and I know that's cliche and trite, but it, it's deeply. Um, it's deeply transformative for me because the the people I love to judge most are the judgers. The right. people I feel self-righteous about most are the self-righteous, mm-hmm. right? At least I'm not like them. And and um, and so as, as, as Vox has kind of taken shape, I've seen in my heart this temptation to keep defining things against something else mm. as opposed to for something that's right. big and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I think that's the the danger in the discussions, right? Is yeah. I get I start I start to get frustrated 
with uh, people that don't see uh, things the way that I see them. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I remember guys 20 years ago and they listen to this podcast and they throw it in my face that uh, were like, hey, man, women should be uh, fully utilized. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't think so. There's this verse in First Timothy, you know. And, <laughs> totally. and so, and, you know, those people, I remember. Now named, they're like, oh, look at you. Oh, yeah. 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 I literally had a guy Facebook me and just say, yeah, I wish you would have listened to me 20 years ago. Yeah. Would have, you know. would have saved you. Yeah. So, so there yeah. is that part of your healing will be the ability to bless people yeah. who are still kind of in process yeah mm-hmm. and um it, it's such a tough thing man it's such a tough thing yeah um something that um he kind of said it he kind of said at the end of that email and I, it's a question i want to ask you guys like because of how the circumstance plays out is it the male responsibility in order to change this because to your point like him saying there needs to be voices that yeah. are doing this it to like what you said authoritative voices that have a platform tend to be the ones to be able to change it. Mm-hmm. Not just like, cause it's hard to say, Oh, this is a women's issue, right? Like, well, right. all the women need to band together and like go after, like it's this women's it's rights thing, right? And work. they yeah. need to become authoritative in their voice in order to have the influence. Right. Whereas is it a male dominance thing generally in the culture that's allowing it to keep moving on and it would require other male authoritative voices in order to change it. I mean, is that, would we agree on that or? You know, I as a white guy, I don't I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. I, it it seems on the face of it, it seems like that's true. That that if if a culturally marginalized voice is never going to speak as powerfully to a cultural majority as a cultural majority voice would speak to a cultural majority. Yeah, it seems that that's true. But I I don't know. I mean, you look at you look at uh, some of the revel. I mean, you look at Martin Luther King, and you look at you look at some of the very early feminist movements the suffrage movement and and mm-hmm. so on well those were led by you know counter voices mm-hmm. from marginalized communities so i i don't know I, to me um i've just been thrilled that jesus is is gentle um with me because uh i think at any moment i'm worthy of being smacked upside the head with all the ways i get it wrong mm-hmm. and um to allow me to kind of grow uh, a bit into this in exactly the pattern you describe yeah right but you know the thing the thing that's that's still so interesting is for me i I think part of the lead by example is is when people hear you teach Mm -hmm. see i don't i don't want this conversation to be about my journey to me the more interesting question is yours Mm -hmm. because um when when people i mean you even you even shared a story in our first podcast about somebody who heard you teach and went well Clearly, you're gifted to do this. So I got to go back and reevaluate and, yeah. and reevaluate. And now, now, yeah, and people do that around all kinds of issues, right? right. So many people that that now say, "Well, now that I have a gay family member or a gay friend, I got to figure. This I got to go figure this out differently right. now." Yeah. Um. And so you know, it, it, or at least it, give it another look. If that, yeah. yeah. If if the reason that you held a certain theology was you'd never met anybody differently, then yes, that theology should be checked. No matter what it is. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Because one of the, one of the, you know, one of the knocks I always hear is, man, if you affirm women, then it's a short step uh, to then affirming gay people. I cannot tell you the amount of times I've heard. Well, if you go to a church that has, it's a slippery slope. Right. And I'm like, into what? Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. No, that is a big one. All right. We got another question. Wait, can I Yes. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. 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 No, that's okay. I would say from my perspective, um, I would completely agree with you. Okay. Anytime I have been a part 
Well, I think some women, there are some women, teachers and theologians that are just doing it. They're just like, I'm just going to speak. I'm just going to do this thing. Um, and they're not necessarily, they don't necessarily have a voice speaking for them. They're just doing it. Right. Um, but two things happen. One, it can, you can be successful and, and that can happen. The, but the problem sometimes that happens there is that the majority of their followers, regardless of the topics, are only women. Mm-hmm. And uh. that's a bummer. Yeah, I wish it was more, um, you know, it was both male and female because they're preaching the Bible. Right. But they're not just like talking. I draw my phone. <laughs> they're not talking about just <laughs> things that only women can relate to. Yeah. So that's, I think, a problem. Yeah. Um, the other thing that you do see is, and I've had this before, is just like you said, is you have, a, you're labeled as sort of having an agenda. Like you just want this because of what's in it for yourself. And so to your point, you saying as a white male, I really can't answer that. Actually, I think as a white male, that's the reason why you can answer that Mm. is because especially in Orange County and especially in the American church, I do in evangelical circles as well is like you are the predominant voice. Mm. And I think that it is going to take voices in male voices in leadership to change it. Mm. That's what I think. And that's been my journey. I literally... Nobody, um, I had a lot of people say, you're gifted, you're gifted, you're gifted, until you, you've really been the only person so thus far, wow. has said, you're gifted, and so therefore, here's a space for you to use your gifts. Nobody was willing to act on that. Mm. Once I was on the podcast and preached at Vox, people were like, oh, okay, and I have a bunch of speaking engagements this fall, but that's only because you awesome. said, wow. hey, like, here's a woman, but she's gifted, but like, this should be the... Like, it should be a combination right. of voices. Which which is so weird because, I mean, they would expect like, oh, so do you want to do a women's conference? Oh, I teach at these women's study things. And mm-hmm. it's not like they're bringing you in because of how well you do with those. It's because right. your voice is just completely neutralized among both men and women. Yeah, exactly. Because someone gave a platform and a space for that mm-hmm. and said, oh, wait a minute. Anyone can hear the Bible being taught. Not just <laughs> <laughs> women can hear from women. Shocking. Okay. Yeah. All okay. Right. Okay. Does that answer your question? Yeah, Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. It takes um, Filipinos to reach Filipinos. It takes hipsters to reach hipsters. A frat boy, which is what Andy calls me. <laughs> frat pastor. A frat pastor, <laughs> which is hurtful. Um, a frat boy. I know. It's so true. You should see Mike's uh, keg wall we've built inside of his office. <laughs> it's um, it's yeah. a secret doorway to yes. Uh, yeah, all these yes. books. It's to my man cave. Into a man cave. Yes. Yes. I have uh, all the Sports Illustrated uh, cover models on there. Yep. And, in addition uh, to all these male table. celebrity pastor posters. Yeah. Oh. Oh my gosh. Don't. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. Don't. Someday I can be a male celebrity pastor. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm really hoping. There's there are courses now. All right. Go, <laughs> oh, Bonnie. I saw that thing. Okay. Here's the second question. I am the daughter of two uh, veterans. I have watched my mother struggle to be a godly woman while also working in a male-dominated and more secular place in the army. Now I am following in their footsteps, and your podcast with Mike really resounded with me on women in leadership within the church. I struggle a lot with the idea of what women living a Christ-led life looks like versus the women in leadership society usually seizes. Hmm. Usually sees. Seizes is not a word. Unfortunately, there seems to be a huge gap between the two. And even more unfortunately, we still don't see that many women in leadership within the church or outside of the church are living openly as a Christian. Could you explain a little more on how you have lived in that gap? Have you found a comfortable place yet as a Christian leader who happens to be a woman? What's the gap? I don't understand the gap. She she goes on to say, I cringe when I think what society usually sees as Christian women. Married children submissive in their husband. Luckily, Uh, my mom has shown me a glimpse of 
of what that could look like, but could you share mo- more of your own story? Thank right. you in advance. So I think she's saying you either get this picture of women in the church that like stay at home, have no voice, have no okay. hobbies, just kind of sit there. Yep. Um, or you see women in society that are like hardcore CEO, but like aren't necessarily Christian women. Like Got she's it. saying there's like a huge mm. gap okay. here. So okay. as if oh, we okay. don't, so I think she's saying we don't have leadership in the church to look up to. Got it. So we're forced to look up to people in society, but they're not necessarily Christians. So what did what do you do? Has she heard of Sarah Palin? I don't know. I could write her back. And <laughs> and yeah, ask her. just read Proverbs thirty-one. That's all you need. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm just cringing. Yeah, that's you talk about a, an abused passage in this conversation. Yeah, that's an abused passage, that's considering it. it's about wisdom mm. and not about a woman at all who gets up early. Yeah, yeah, and and serves her husband and and works. It's just awesome. No, yeah, um, no, the, it, it's about wisdom. Just to be, just to be clear, just to be clear on it. Um, wisdom is personified as the as the woman yes. in, in the in the relationship. So just that's called that's why it's called wisdom literature. It's not dating literature. Uh, just to be clear, but um, <laughs> and and I think you you even see this in the Bible, like the Mary Martha passage we referred mm-hmm. to last podcast, or the yeah. Proverbs thirty one woman, or you, you kind of have these pieces of. Um, what it means to be a Christian woman juxtaposed with um, the cultural pieces. Mm -hmm. So Bonnie, how do you live in that gap? Um, I like to live in a framework, a a more global framework. I think our biggest problem is that we are viewing a very small framework of women in our churches right around us and then women like at large in America. So I think that's a problem. If we have a better global perspective and saying, okay, what is like the Christian woman in Haiti doing? Right. Or what is, you know, um, the Christian mom over here in this other country doing and like what problems is she faces? I think our biggest problem is that we really look um, through a lens of like this Western theological frame Mm -hmm. framework. And instead of going like, these people in other parts of the country, what they're not worried about is they're not worried about calling. They're not worried about getting it right. They're not worried about making sure that they're doing X, Y, and Z. They're just worried about like literally living the life that God put out in front of them. Right. And so it really took me realizing my perspective was very limited and trying to expand that and then saying what's in front of me. And it on honestly, as terrible as this sounds, but it's just true, is that it took so many years of being hurt and feeling like I didn't have a place at the table to just be like, screw it. I'm just going to pull up a chair anyway. Right. And (laughs) for better or for worse, that's sort of what happened to me. And I just started, just started writing. And, um, I'm also, I think it's fine to find women, um, in society. If you don't have that, like a role model in the church that's in leadership that are leaders. And I don't think it necessarily matters all the time if you know like their theological understandings of every single thing in the bible mm-hmm. but to say like the overarching theme of scripture is um i believe in justice i believe in i believe in jesus i believe in treating people well i believe in you know um holding up the poor and oppressed whatever it is and just living that out and grabbing that where you find it and trying to emulate that yeah so for me i i haven't you know recently there's been more women like um i just went this past year to like my first seven ever women's conference because generally (laughs) it's not my thing um but i went to the if gathering yeah and there was a few women there that i was like yes like joe saxton she was awesome she was there of course jen hatmaker's there and she was good um 
And there were some other ones that I was like, yes, like this is, um, these women are really just champion causes that they think scriptures doing. Right. They're not, there is, and that, and that is what I hear you saying. Mm-hmm. It, it's less about being a Christian woman and more just being about a Christian. Just mm-hmm. about being a Jesus to, follower. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah, who right. happens to be a woman. Yeah. See, like that's what I'm talking about with the global perspective. Okay, it's like so that's nobody's good. sitting there going, this is big. as a Christian woman, what should I be doing today? Right. They're just like, as a follower of Jesus, mm-hmm. this is how my life plays out. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the point is that like, I'm not interested in necessarily saying like my Christian womanhood is defined by these passages. I'm interested in saying like me as a follower of Jesus is right. defined by this. Oh, I like it. So. I like it. Yeah. Well, I, I try to live in that gap as a uh, as a white male um by i don't know i got nothing <laughs> i'm sitting here in tension i know i'm like yeah but i think that's the problem is you have to first decide to yourself is like am i going to play into this stereotype sure. and try to live up to these things or sure. i'm just going to realize that across the board we're all jesus followers that's mm. it that's yeah. it that's it it's 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 like i mean because because i do it's kind of like race um <laughs> Uh, you never want to say that, but th- there's a sense, and I think we made this point last podcast uh, that you and I did. But but you know when people say they don't see color, yeah, um, especially when white people say they don't see color, you know that's that's a really that's the wrong thing to say. God right, sees right, right. color. God loves color. Difference or gender. To be, yeah. yeah. Well, that's and that's it. God does see gender. Yeah. And you are a Christian woman, and we can't pretend. And, and so our complementarian friends will accuse us of we're just trying to make men and women the same. And, right. And 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 please we're not Mm-mm. there are there are complementary roles and complementary giftings and passions um and and some stereotypes are true absolutely right um but to transcend the binary way of looking at this whole thing i loved i mean i really like what you're saying here uh that it's not i'm not a christian man you're not a christian woman we're jesus followers who happen to be men but we're not women. saying that's mm-hmm. irrelevant it's no. totally relevant right but it's not the defining thing that and we're it's not my lens in. correct yeah. mm-hmm. correct yeah. oh that's so good bonnie yeah um if somebody wants to spend some more time on this topic yes uh do you have any any resources that you'd recommend I'm sure I do. What was that do. noise? What was that noise? I was clicking my mouth. Okay. I'm trying to think. Like, I'm sure I do. It sounded like a hard drive that was processing information mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, while she thinks about that, I mean, are there any other male voices that are kind of trying to bring this to light aside from applying it? How oh, we've applied there it? But I mean, yeah, absolutely. But you, because ha- you're not the only one. No, it's just uh, if you go into the vineyard, mm-hmm. the vineyard movement. Yep. There are there are voices that are egalitarian voices. If you go. Um, into some of the mainline denominational movements, obviously. Right, right. Uh, you've got voices there. Um, N.T. Wright um, yeah. has done a lot of work on, not a lot of work. Um, uh, he's written an article you can find online about um, uh, women's uh, equality in the church. A guy named Scott, with one T, McKnight, mm-hmm. wrote yeah. a book called The Blue Parakeet. It's about how you understand the Bible, but at the end, he gives um, an incredible uh, breakdown of the very famous Timothy passage, which mm-hmm. is, I do not permit a man or a woman, or yeah. I do not permit a woman uh, to teach or have authority over a man. Um, there's, a, there's a book that was written in response to um, this Council for Manhood and, and Womanhood. Uh, it's called Discovering Biblical Equality, edited by uh, Pierce and Gruth. Thus, I think is how you say it. 
um, that's got some stuff in there. A guy named Gordon Fee, who's one of my favorite New Testament scholars, like literally one of the one of the best New Testament scholars in the world, uh, is an egalitarian. Um, so you have, but the but these voices aren't these aren't social media. Sure. No. Platform right. yeah, voices. Yeah, yeah. These are like the deep academic. Now you have deep academic voices on the other side. I'm not, I'm not implying mm-hmm. that there aren't. These are very legitimate biblical arguments. And right. like we said, all of our complementarian friends will have responses to everything we've said. Um, and so, you know, there, there are very clear conversation trees down each side. Yeah. Well, if they say this, then this is the response. And then this is, then this is their response to my response to their response. And then my response to their response, to their response, to my response. And you can just, you can just dive, you know, as deep as you want to go in this. But those are some of the voices for me that have been um, particularly powerful. These are some of my, a guy named Craig Keener. Mm-hmm. Um, these are, these are new Testament. I love these guys in new Testament studies, regardless then I'm reading them going, oh my goodness, there's this whole, there's this whole train of thought here in these verses that's never, at least in the stuff I've read, has never been adequately dealt with. Hmm. And then I start, that spins me out then to, I, I, so I start reading the guys that they're reading yep. um, and the women that they're reading and you realize, oh my goodness, there, there's actually a way to understand these verses that makes better sense. Yeah. Of the compliment, then the complementarian reading, and you go, oh, okay, all right, I've been wrong. This is I, I was wrong on this. <coughs> Anything you want to say? Yeah, I was gonna say if you're just getting into the conversation. <coughs> mm. Sorry, um, I think it was like the first book I read. Andy put out the cigar, man. Come on. <laughs> um, the one that's like I can't remember it, but it's the four views. Yes. On women in ministry. Yes. Yeah, and it kind of goes through it. That's like at least a good starting place and there, a good if overview. If you're new, if you're new to uh, like some of the theology mm-hmm. stuff, there are these books in a series called Counterpoints. Yeah, those are good. These are really good. So it's like three views on hell, four views on women in ministry, three views on yeah. whether spiritual gifts are here today. And it's like different writers of each chapter that are from that view, but then they answer each other's questions. Right. It's they good. critique each other. So it's yeah. really really interesting that that's excellent that's yeah so excellent i think resource. that's a good resource the other one i i really enjoy he was a professor of mine um he's since passed but ray anderson ray anderson he's so good because he doesn't just give you a straight up answer it really <laughs> makes you think like our first our we learned all the stuff and then our first uh final the, there was just one question and it was like you're in a hospital and you're the chaplain and the they want to know if they should take the like grandma off life support give us your definition of the soul and you're like what (laughs) (laughs) he was like that's what ministry is so get to it so anything uh ray anderson he does some good things on like just on being human right and things like that i would do right and then in terms of women voices that i read now that are just doing their thing i really like rachel held evans Mm -hmm. um i like glennon doyle she's a little more controversial but i like her (laughs) oh yeah rachel's not yeah. yeah, I guess <laughs> they both are, but sure. Glennon's more so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I really like, um, I like Jen Hatmaker. Um, I like Joe Saxton. And then um, actually Brene Brown, she does yep. like yep. psychology books. But for anyone who's a woman who's been kind of burned and figuring out how to step out in bravery, I think her books are really, really helpful and good. Yep. Like The Gifts of Imperfectionism is awesome. And um, Finding Greatly is also great. So Nice. All right. Well, brothers and sisters, uh, this wraps up another episode, episode 46. So in honor of Andy's age, uh, we'll wrap this up. Um, <laughs> if uh, you want to find out more about Bonnie, findtheblue.com, find the blue podcast on iTunes. 
Um, if you, uh, I'm putting together a very thorough list of resources for this conversation. Oh, great. From the egalitarian side. Uh, um, and, uh, so if, if you've read something out there in podcast land and you want to send me a recommendation, I'd love, I'd love to know that I'm, I'm going to put together a, a list that's kind of on the academic side, on the popular side, um, for people who want to find out more and uh and then um please uh give us feedback as always we'd love if there are other questions that this has raised we'd love to keep uh this conversation going so thank you bonnie thank you guys yes you're welcome, welcome. thank you and uh, today we found the blue and she was right we here did. she was right She's right here all along all along we had no idea <laughs> right here all right, Andy. Andy's uh, getting some practice and doing our little blessing. And we, so... we were shot down, though, on Facebook for taking it out of its context. <laughs> what? what? What are you talking about? Well, that the blessing was um, for Moses to give to Aaron. To give to the people. Yeah, to give to the people. Correct. And just how it was. Oh, it's like, it's it's like yeah. the Jeremiah thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. that's true. All right. All right. So see, see, we're even guilty of our own. That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Well. Um, then, then maybe you should make one up right now on the spot. Go. All of you out there in listener land, uh, <laughs> drive safe. Yes. Run hard. Yes. Sweat well. Uh, okay. Aww. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm one for three. Yeah. Right yep. now. I'll let you pick the one. And may God <laughs> use this to change your life. Yes. That was a good one. Yes. <laughs> All right. What a, <laughs> may, I remember. Um, so it's unbiblical blessing ever. Yes. <laughs> God helps those who help themselves. That's right. So go get it. If you if you work hard enough, go chase your dreams. Chase Believe your in yourself. Dreams. Believe in yourself, people. Believe in yourself. Oh my God. Believe in yourself. This just derails. Don't take fast. this out of context. This was a blessing from Mike to Andy. So you can't go and take it for yourself. You, oh I said that. God. No, you're trying. I, I have to play defense <laughs> all over. See, notice how in February it was just Bonnie and I in I know, the room. It's true. Now Andy's it's back. Andy's here. And I just want that noted as the continual encroachment of Andy. I just picked up on your guys' scheduling on the other two as you trying to work me out. And I yes. Just, I just needed to take yes, control. I know. It's so true. <laughs> All right, brothers and sisters, um, we're so thrilled to be a part of your life. Thank you for allowing us to. Uh, to step into your workout, to your drive, to your house. We've, we are very honored to do so, and uh, we'd love to hear what you think. As always, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Vox, the Mike Geary podcast. Be sure to like Mike on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash official Mike Geary. Follow Mike on Twitter and Periscope at Mike Geary for live interaction and ongoing Q&A. Don't forget to visit subversivekingdom.com for further engagement and information about Mike.